You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you stories that remind us who God is and who we are in Him. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Podcast. And be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 25 of The Collected Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Biondo, and this week I'm really excited to bring you an interview with Danielle Smith. Danielle and I met at the Brave Women's Conference. I referenced it a few times now on the show. Um, That was back in Jacksonville in June. And when I heard her speak, I was just blown away by what she has overcome in her life and the way that God has used her and continues to use her for just His glory and for His kingdom. So Danielle, welcome to the show. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. I think I'm jumping out my seat now, <laughs> trying to trying to sit up. And But yeah. thank you so much. I really appreciate this honor. And it's just amazing to be here. So. You're welcome. Well, the honor is ours. And um, so let's not waste time because I have so many questions for you. <laughs> and these episodes are always too short. Um, so let's start at the beginning of how did you come to know the Lord? I started at a young age. Um, My mom, my dad has always been telling me about God and telling me how how to have a relationship with God and how to just pray and, you know, pray before you eat. If you're going through things, pray. And it's crazy because those same prayers, my great grandmother prayed back years ago, are the same prayers that got me through what I'm going through now. It's the same Mm -hmm. prayers that kept me uh, sane when I was going through breast cancer. It was the same prayers that just kept me grounded. So that was started off at his young age. I remember getting it because I am African. I was Methodist. I am mm-hmm. now non-denominational, but then I was Methodist. And the part of Methodist was we worshiped. I mean, our worship would last for hours. I remember being in church from nine to like two o'clock in the afternoon, still worshiping God. And that's what I want to start getting back into is that all day, hey, this is, you know, my worship is for real. So it started off as a young age. I found God then. And then, you know, you kind of like navigate it off a little bit, but you're going to get back on the right path. Yeah. So, yes, that's that's just how I found God. And, and I have been clinging on to my relationship with him since then. Mm, I love it. <laughs> how, what would you say are some ways that God has shown up in your life that are different from what you expected? Um, God has always surprised me at how He show up. Like the things that I have been experiencing, it has been nothing but Him. So when I meant by that, it's kind of guiding me. He, he showed me through guidance. I'm all about guiding and guidance and showing me the right way to go and having Holy Spirit direct me in different at, you know, uh, attributes in my life. So that's one way that I could say that he's been showing up. And he uh, never ceased to amaze me. <laughs> never. I know, so. right? So <laughs> never. when you say the attributes of God, is there one yes. attribute that stands out as just particularly sweet to you in a way you've experienced him? Um, We can go into the breast cancer. That okay. was when I really stepped into knowing who God is, mm. like trusting him, providing on him, knowing that, okay, whatever the will, his will is, it's not mine. Yeah. So I had to really go through breast cancer at a young age. And I always tell it's bigger than me. This is, Mm -hmm. I didn't go through breast cancer for me. I didn't. And I can, and I can honestly preach and tell anyone it is 
bigger than me. It is to bring people to him. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if that's what I needed, if I had to go through 20 rounds of chemo, 33 rounds of radiation, so people can know, hey, God, you know, he is the miracle worker, Bobby put me on the front end. And I think that's what happened. I really do. Yeah. So through through my struggles and my cha- you know my challenges, I think that's how the attributes that he showed me. Hey, this is this is how you do it. This mm. is me. So. How old were you when you were diagnosed? I was diagnosed at thirty. Thirty okay. years old. Yeah, yes. so young. young. So You're young. still so young. We're both so young. <laughs> yes. Um, so paint the picture for us of like what how what was your life like at thirty, and then what was it? like to find out this news? Um, at 30, I had just got engaged to the love of my life, uh, my husband. So I was on cloud 10. I think we just we were just getting into our new home together. Uh, we were getting mar- about to get married. Like it was on cloud 10. I think anybody who's seen me could see I had an aura on my face because I was just so mm-hmm. excited. I'm like, oh my God, I got engaged. Next couple of months, we're moving into a brand new house. Like everything was aligned to my will. That, yeah. That's the thing. It was to my will. Mm. And when breast cancer happened, it was like, oh my goodness. Oh my God. My whole life was turned upside down. Yeah. And I think that's what I had to start building up. I had to build my life upside down again. Mm. So that's what kind of made my relationship with God even more concrete, even more stronger, even more. And it wasn't the challenge part. I didn't run to God. Okay. Hey, you know, I have an issue comes. No, I was already still walking a path, but I was lukewarm. You get what I'm saying? I was one minute, let's worship. Next minute, I want to go party. One minute, I want to worship. You know, I was still lukewarm. So I never say cancer made me run to him. Cancer made me cling unto my relationship, Mm -hmm. pull my tools that I was already handed and pull them out. Okay, so now I'm ready to use my tools. You know? So yeah. that that's kind of the the story yeah. of the, the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> the beginning. <laughs> and we'll we'll get into deeper into yeah. it. But I want to pause on the beginning really quickly because I feel like there's someone listening who's at their beginning right now mm. of of a struggle they're about to walk through and they've just mm. received the news. Maybe it's a diagnosis. Maybe they've lost a loved one. It's whatever it is. Lost a job. Something that went against what they thought their plan was going right, to be right. for the next season of their life. And what word of hope or encouragement might you have for them? Cling to your spirit. Cling to who I. I had to get a relationship, and I think I've told everyone this. I had to cling to my faith and to know that the Holy Spirit is with me. Everyone knows like, okay, the Holy Spirit is, they think it's a, it's a ghostly figure. No, the Holy Spirit is real. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is going to help you give your peace. He sent the Holy Spirit here for us to be able to have peace on earth. So I had to get to the, I had to get a relationship with the Holy Spirit and say, okay, I'm going to allow you to handle this situation and take this back to God and let y'all work out something. And I'm going to just stay in the background and just go through, you know, the the cancer part. I'm going to let y'all handle the anxiety. So with things like that is to get to know your faith, get to have faith and get to know that the Holy Spirit is going to be here. It's going to walk you through it. It's going to give you that peace that is out 
of this world. And that's what you need. Even in the storm, even in the thick of thick, and it got thick. (laughs) When Mm -hmm. I tell you it got thick, I still had a piece. I still was like, okay. And then I had the support team, you know, my husband, my family to just kind of add it on. And then like I was telling my husband the other day, how did we get through this? Like, how did we, you know, it's like crazy. Like, how did we get through this? And he said, faith. He said, that's what I was trying to tell you this whole time mm-hmm. is the faith. And I was like, you're right, baby. You're right. Let me, <laughs> let me sit down. You're right. You're right, baby. Let me, let me sit down. So yes, that's what I would tell anybody. <laughs> you found yourself a very wise man. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely agreed. So what was that what were those early years of marriage like? I mean, they're not what you expected because now you're walking through this intense struggle together. So what did that teach you about marriage? Oh, that's good. You about to make me cry. Um, <laughs> I've been with my husband since I was 19. My husband has seen me at the highest, just graduating, well, graduating with my first degree of college to having a baby, to just enjoying life. My husband has been my rock. So to be married and to have that relationship. See, my husband got saved right after I had my baby. So mm. when he got saved, and that's the craziest thing because we have autism and, and we have other issues. So God went ahead and said, hey, let me get him and get him together because I'm about to put a storm in this family's life that I'm going to have to have a man of God to, to make sure this family gets through it. Mm. And my husband is that man of God to the T. When I tell you to the T, um, even when my faith is not strong, my husband's faith is going, he's solid, you know? Mm -hmm. So our first couple of months of marriage, it was just us dying to ourselves. I'm dying, he's dying, and we meshing as one. And when that happened with the cancer, we have, we meshed even harder. It was like, okay, now we're stuck like glue. Nothing can come between this. And then on top of that, we have God. We, ha- we have that overall. So if I'm down, oh, my husband's praying already. He feels my mm-hmm. spirit. I feel that you're down. I'm already praying. When he's down, it's vice versa. I'm praying, you know. So that's how our marriage is just like that. And, and I love it because people can see it. People can see that I'm happy. People can see that he's genuinely happy. I mean, yeah, we was together in 19, but it's different when you're married. When you're married and you have a covenant to God and a and a promise to God, like through better or worse, like we didn't say our vows to ourselves. And my husband told me this too. We didn't say our vows to ourselves. We said our vows to God. Mm. So that was different for us. That's like, okay, this is a commitment. Like we can't, we can't leave, you know? Uh, we have to work this thing out. So those things were, you know, and the devil do try to come in. He, he tried his hardest to <laughs> cause division, but we suit up. We put our armor on both and we'd be ready for war. Mm. But, um, you know, that's just our first, it, it's been amazing. I, I'm still on clouds. Like I yes. still, I still get a little teary eye. He was cooking dinner the other day and I'm just like, Oh, like God, thank you. <laughs> thank you. for just, yes. you know, cause he's, he's amazing. He, he's an amazing husband. And I, and I'm not saying that just because he's mine. I'm just saying it cause God gave me him. And, I, and I'm yeah. just blessed. Don't get me started by my husband, Jessica. Yes. I will be on here all day with my husband. It's so sweet. I love it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What would you say to the person listening who is thinking, 
that sounds so great. I'm so happy for you. That's not my marriage. Mm. Like the woman whose husband isn't a believer mm. and mm. They, they, they've never experienced what you're talking about. Do you have any wisdom for them? Yeah. Yes. Um, t- to me, it's to get to know yourself. Mm. I had to get to know me. I couldn't put everything on my husband. Because remember, again, I told you he had to die. I had to die. I'm selfish at some point. So I had to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and say, hey, we need to deal with you. Mm. So allow God to deal with you. He going to take care of the rest. I promise. I always wanted my husband to go. My, my husband used to like to play the game, the gamer. He, lo- he used to love that when we were dating. And I used to go to church and I used to say, let's go to church. No, I got I got a relationship with God. I'm good. Still playing the game. I had to just go on. Mm-hmm. I just had to say, okay, God, deal with it. And yeah. that's that's what you have to, you have to release control and allow God to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, once you take your hands off and say, okay, God, I surrender this marriage to you. I surrender my husband to you. Take care of it. He will take care of it. I promise. And that's what I had to do. I had to surrender it. And yeah. now he's telling me, are we ready for church? Is everybody ready? Because <laughs> I'm already, I'm going to meet y'all at church. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really, yeah, and a really good reminder that you're on cloud 10 still, you know, years into marriage, but but you had to build that foundation and it it wasn't always that way. Mm -mm. I think that's encouraging for probably a lot of people to hear. Right. We, We definitely had to put in the work. We had to get, put our arms, put our, put our sleeves up and go inside and dig and dig and dig. And, and I'm telling you, people see that y'all been together for so long. Like how was it? It was work. It's still work. Marriage is everyday work. Just, I didn't think it was going to be like this. <laughs> I thought it was going to be easy because dating him was easy. My husband never complained. I never complained. He's easy, but marriage puts in work. And I had yeah. to surrender because I wasn't ready. I told him at the altar, like, oh my goodness, like, I'm about to be somebody's wife. Like, I have to learn to cook. I have to learn to do this. I have to learn. <laughs> I freaked out, but that's why I had to surrender. Hey, God, show me what you, how you want me to love this man. Mm-hmm. How do you want me to take care of this man? And, and vice versa. And when yeah. that happened, you could see, okay, now he's in, he knows, okay, my wife likes this. Okay, my husband don't like this. You know, it was just kind of surrendering and just yeah. going on. Yeah, and we're newlyweds. We, I mean, we only been married a year, but we've been together a while. But oh, you've only yeah. been married a year? Yeah, girl. Oh my I gosh, I, girl, I know. We got married July sixteenth last year. So we just celebrated our first year. Thank you, thank you. We was gonna get married beforehand, but when the cancer came in, we were like, "Yeah, we gonna wait a little mm. bit," and that's why we gave it a few months. But yeah, yeah. we've been married a year. Yes, that's wonderful. <laughs> thank so, you, thank you. So we kind of we got to the beginning of finding out mm-hmm. you had cancer. Now, mm-hmm. I want to talk about like resiliency through extended struggle or perseverance. Mm-hmm. So, can you speak into that at all about like to the listener who, you know, they got the news a while ago and now they're still in it and they're weary. Oh, I have went, I'm still in that stage. Mm. I still am in the weary stage. I don't think we'll ever be fully out of being weary because it's Mm. cancer or it's a disease or it's something that was not according to our plan. 
So when you have something that's going against what you imagined, you're going to still be in that stage. I'm still at a shock. I mean, I go to mammograms and be on edge. Like, oh my goodness. Like, did y'all see anything? Okay, we're going to come back. You know what I'm saying? So you'll never be out of that completely Mm -hmm. until you just start, you you just really adapt to that, you know? And and people tell me, how are you? I've learned to adapt. I've learned to be okay with what God's plan was. That wasn't my plan. I had to, mm-hmm. I had to sit the back seat on that. I had to allow God to do what he do. Yeah. And I think that's when you start to persevere. I love that word. That word is just pushing. It just makes yeah. me push, like keep going. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And you have to be your own cheerleader. I was looking for everybody to be my cheerleader. When I'm telling you, everyone, my girlfriends, my mom, my husband, my daughter, y'all cheer me on, cheer me on. Mm-mm. They cheering, but I had to be my own cheerleader. And that was hard. That was hard. That was a lot of days of me just crying, just being mm-hmm. in my feelings and saying, okay, this is hard. Yeah. You know, like I got to cheer myself on. I'm, I'm a baby. I, I call myself a baby because everyone babies me around me. I don't know why. <laughs> I guess I'm the only child. So that's why they're like, you know, I'm spoiled. But um, I had to put my, my, myself together and I had to be my biggest cheerleader. And when I say that I, if nobody's going to cheer louder than me, I'm going to cheer. And that's going to be, that's my push. That's the perseverance is mm. being my own cheerleader. Mm. So, yeah. That's good. That's really good. Um, how would you say through all of this, um, and I want to talk about your beautiful daughter as well. Yes, so this question yes. might lead into that. We'll see. <laughs> okay. But Throughout your life, how have you discovered your purpose? And and what would you say your purpose is? I am just now finding out my purpose. Um, mm-hmm. Before you, before we got on the podcast, I'm fasting. So I'm, I'm kind of, and I know I really, the sacred is sacred to me, but I really have been asking God to show me my purpose. And he has been. He's been showing me things about myself. And see, it's, it's crazy when you fast and you turn off everything, you you turn your plate over or, you know, social media, whatever you do to fast to, to get, you know, in line with God's will, do it. And I think um, I, t- I looked at everything that my past history, I looked at where I'm at now. I took advice from others and I'm like, no, that's not my purpose. My purpose is what God is telling me, what he's whispering to me, what I'm reading in the Bible, what I'm what I feel fulfilled in, what I'm happy in. And people want to always ask, what is your purpose? It's between me and God. I'm so mm, secret with that. Yeah. Because you're, you're, you're going to see it. You're, you're yes. going to see it. You're going to see it without me saying, oh, my purpose is, no, you're going to see it. Yeah. So I think during my fasting time, when that question, because that was one of the questions that I was like, let me just. God, Holy Spirit used that. It's like fast. And I'm going to, and he's starting to download stuff. He's starting to put stuff in, in my mind and, and what I'm reading is like, oh, that's my purpose. Oh God, I hear you. Oh God, I, yeah. I see what you're doing, how the connections, how people are drawn, the influences. Like yeah. I see my purpose. So I don't have to tell it because you're going to, I'm going to be able to demonstrate it when he's ready. So yeah. that's why I was like, when you're ready, you will you will give me my purpose. Mm, so that's, I, that's the area I'm in. That's the I <laughs> love that perspective because ultimately yeah. everyone who is in Christ has the purpose to glorify God mm-hmm. and enjoy God and love others. Yes. But the way we each uniquely are created to do that, mm, I think is what good. God reveals to us as we dig into Him and as we you know, grow in yeah. our faith and grow in yeah. Him. 
And so I love that you are digging in. Like, it's so easy to say, like, Lord, just show me, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing. And then you don't hear anything. It's like, okay, well, I guess that's it. But, like, to, like, dig in and fast and pray. And that's powerful. That that is so good. Because I was finding my purpose from the world. Mm. I was literally finding my purpose from friends, from, from just the world. And it's like, that's not your purpose. No. And I kept saying, I, I kept trying to fit in and he was born, he was trying to push me out. And I'm like, oh, well, let me try to fit in with this. And he's like, nope, you're not there. Well, let me try to do this. Nope, you're not there. So when I had to cut off all distractions and say, God, take me, what mm. do you want me to do in this season? What is it? fast. And that's when it started downloading. Okay. This is what I need you to do. This is how I need you to move. This is what I need you to say. And it, it's, it's just like, okay, th- I see you. And, and that's all I needed to say. And I, I promise you, my purpose will be put, his purpose will be fulfilled on this earth. Mm. It will be. Yeah. I feel like everything you're saying, it's got to be just <laughs> motivating someone out there listening of like, yes. okay, I can do this too. Yes. Like, we can just dig in and see what new things God shows us. And sometimes it's not necessarily like this big plan of, you know, you got to do A, B, C, D, and then you're going to get end up at, you know, P. Like, it's not always every step, but you might just get the next step. Mm, or God true. might remind you something about His character that transforms you and just the way you interact in the world. So, mm. I don't know. I'm inspired. So I hope <laughs> listeners are as well. Um, me too. Me too. What would you say that, that the Holy Spirit is working to transform in you? Mm, that's good. I'm just like in this season that I'm in right now, I'm learning who the Holy Spirit is. Because remember, I always thought the Holy Spirit was an it. It was this, mm. this figure, this... But he's a he. He's real. He he yeah. helps me stay grounded. So one of the things that I've been really connecting with is just learning to lean on the Holy Spirit on different things. So he's transforming my way of oh I can do it all. Oh I can do it all by without without no help. Like you you got through cancer <laughs> with my help. You know. Yeah. So I'm learning to lean on the Holy Spirit for just more of. Just everything, support. If, if I feel like I'm frustrated with something and he's really transforming my patience because I'm an impatient person. If it's like our microwave, I want it right now at this time immediately. And the Holy Spirit is going to keep telling me, nope, not this time. I need you to sit down. I need you to sit in the corner somewhere and let, let me handle this and I'm going to bring you aboard. So that in that season, that transformation season is giving me a spirit of just peace and it's giving me a spirit of just patience. And those two are the things that I have always struggled with as a child. Like I remember my mom going to the school and the teacher's like, yeah, she just wants to get up and she wants to do the everything and she doesn't have patience. And I'm like, yeah, that that's why it's coming back around now. Like, okay, I'm, I'm an adult and I still have no patience. So that's one of the things. And my husband, he's a patient person. Mm -hmm. So you have somebody that's just not, and then you have a patient person and he's just teaching me patience. And that's my transformation is patience and being just having peace. And it feels good. It, It feels, it feels good. That's that's amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You're doing a great job. <laughs> thank you. 
Um, can you tell us about your daughter? Yes, I love to talk about Peyton. Peyton is eight. Peyton is autistic. Um, we found out that Peyton was autistic when she was two. She was the most energetic. I mean, at three days, Peyton was holding her head up. So she was energetic. She was funny, like just the goofiest baby I've ever seen. When Peyton turned six months, we started seeing her uh, digress in different areas, like just kind of not wanting to be happy anymore. Some of the pictures, I remember going through the picture box and seeing her face was just like, um, just didn't have any type of excitement. It was just like, Mm. "Hmm," just to stare off. She became infatuated with like different toys. Like she, she could just wanted to play with one toy and nothing else. Um, and then I finally just went ahead and got her diagnosed with autism. Mm. Autism to me, um, it, it takes the childhood away from a child, from a baby. The things that kids normally enjoy, like ice cream, like going to play on the playground, like playing with other kids. Autism does not allow them to do that because of the social part. Mm-hmm. So the things with Peyton that we enjoy is what she enjoys. So if Peyton wants to play with Play-Doh for six hours, we're playing with Play-Doh six hours. If Peyton wants to, um, one thing she likes to do is jump on her trampoline. Oh, we're outside. Mommy and daddy jumping on trampoline. If Peyton wants to ride her bike, mommy and daddy is beach cruising down the street. Like we're enjoying what Peyton likes to enjoy. We don't care about anything else. What does she like to do? And that's, that's our life right now. Um, Peyton is amazing. Peyton is, uh, she is, her name fits her. She has a personality. We call her Peyton a personality because she is, and she might be autistic, but she'll let you know. "Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, I don't like it. I don't like it. So uh, we have went through struggles with Peyton. We have been through obstacles with Peyton, challenges with Peyton, everything that a parent could go through. We've went through it times 10. Mm. And I think right now we're just at a season with Peyton that we're just enjoying Peyton. You know, if Peyton wants to eat ice cream for dinner, hey, let's get her some ice cream. You know, we're just enjoying her because we tried to when we first got diagnosed, we tried to do a manual. Well, we're going to mm. read this big old book and this is going to help tell you how to navigate through autism. No, the stuff that was in the manual was nothing we was going through at home. Yeah. So what we're doing now is we're making our own manual. We're, we're, we're getting our own steps on how to, you know, parent our child. Yeah. So, she's amazing, though. Yeah. I can't keep... She's amazing. <laughs> you, if, if you're okay with it, you might have to send me a little family picture that I can post oh, yes. as well so our listeners can see. Yes, I would uh, definitely send you. She And she loves the... She, okay, it's me. I love taking pictures. But she's starting to like like stand there and say cheese. And oh. it's like, girl, yes, like get into it. So yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely send you some pictures. <laughs> what would you say you've learned about like unique aspects about the character of God through seeing the world through Peyton's eyes? Because it's such a it's a different mode of living. And I, I wonder, like, what it teaches us about the character of God. Mm, that is good, Jess. It really taught me he loves us. Mm. He loves us. I mean, he loves us, loves us. And I know that he gave his only begotten son for us to have eternal life. But for him to give me and my husband that special gift, it's like, and I was just telling my husband the other day, like, he love us, love us, like, for real, for real, because he gave us something so special. It's a Mm -hmm. child that has a special need. 
that you're always going to have to have mommy and daddy navigate through life. And for him to trust me and my husband with that gift, you love us, love us. Like, you know, you really do. And, And I think that shows the character of God through me parenting Peyton. I've seen so much that has just made me just stop and just say, God, I thank you. If it's just Peyton sitting in the back seat uh, playing the same song over and over and over, God, I thank you. Because you know what? You trusted me with yeah. something that's so precious. Like, she's precious. And he knew Aww. placing that with us, she is going to forever be a jewel. And and yeah. that's why, he, that's what I've seen through parenting Peyton. I seen I have seen him work. I have seen him work with talking. I have seen him work with potty training, with eating. Like I have seen God move some mountains where we had an incident a few days ago with Peyton and I was like, God, I just need you right now. Wherever, whatever was going on with the situation, handle it. And I kid you not, these last couple of days, it's been handled. And it's just, and and I didn't even have to do nothing. I didn't even have to do nothing but say, God, handle it. Yeah. Just just take control because it's my baby. It's so close to me. She's so close to me that my, my mindset would be mama bear. And I can't be mama bear in this. I have to be a child of God. So I need you to handle this because mm-hmm. my will is to be, okay, mama bear 100%. But God is like, no, let me bear that burden that you have. And when I tell you we woke up the next day, Oh, it was good. Oh, she's going back to school. Oh, you know, she's she's perfect. She's fine. And I just had to have that sense of peace because I was worried. I I think me and my husband both was like, oh my God, you know, uh, something else, you know, that we have to go through. Yeah. But it's it's handled. And, And that's what and that love, oh my God, that love that he loves for us is what he gave me through loving my my baby. Oh, that's so beautiful. Just uh, hearing you talk about the privilege it is and the yeah. honor to get to raise her, it was yeah. getting me so choked up. Like, yeah, it's an honor. It's an every honor. It's child honor. of God yes. is precious and valued, and everyone is a gift. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just so true. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. No, thank you. I that question to me is deep because I never expressed that question. Mm-hmm. I thought of that question. That question has been in my head, yeah. but for you to ask that, and I was like, oh yeah, let's let's go. Like yeah. now, it's the, I'm going to tell you the love that God has for me. He gave me my baby, mm-hmm. my my baby. Special needs or not, I have to care for her, yeah. and I have to show you His love of how I'm taking care of her. I can't drop the ball. Yeah. I can't. I can't because he he trusted me with a gift and I'm going to carry this gift. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to still be carrying it. Like, Here, God, here's your gift that you yeah. gave me. Like, I'm taking very good care of it. I promise. I, you know, so yeah. that that's just, that to me just is it's a part of me. Mm. So. Yeah. And we don't drop the ball, but sometimes we have to release the ball. Yes. 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 We have like, to let okay, them go. Lord. Let them fly. <laughs> let them fly. Let them um, fly. <laughs> so we are almost out of time. This oh, went so fast. Um, so I want to finish with my favorite question of what did I miss? What is a final word of hope or encouragement or just something you must say that is on your heart before we leave? Oh, God. Um, it's just staying rooted in my identity. I feel like 
one of the one of the things that I'm learning now is to stay rooted in my identity. And mm-hmm. I think when anytime you're going through trials, troubles, challenges, anything that's going to be shaken, that means shaking your life, that's not a part of what you're normally what you know what plan to do stay rooted in your identity mm-hmm. you get your identity from the king himself and that's the only way that you can be able to go through the trials the troubles the tribulations is to stay rooted in your identity mm-hmm. and i would tell anybody that when i seen that i was like yeah that's the that's the question is to stay rooted in your identity and know who your identity comes from is god yeah and that's that's it. That's good. I know I said that was the last question, but can you lead us out by speaking over our listeners some of those things that are true about our identities in Christ? Yes. Um, we are a child of God. We get our hope and our peace from Him. He is our source. He is our foundation. Those are truths. We we come from Him. So when we can't when we get discouraged and we can't find hope, we can't find any type of comfort, open up that Bible and you read that word. You get grounded. You get back. You pour You pour back into yourself. What he's pouring into the Bible, you pour back into yourself. And that's what's going to help you navigate through this world because we need him. There's no way we could get through this without him. There's no way I could get through cancer, getting through autism, getting through being married, all of that at one time. It's like, oh my goodness. So pour back into yourself from your Bible and mm-hmm. reading your Bible and staying connected and staying in alignment to his will. Amen. Thank you, That's- Danielle. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciated this. The Collected Podcast is sponsored in part by Beauty Counter. Use the link in our show notes to shop for all of your clean beauty needs and 10% of the profits will go directly back to benefiting the podcast. Also, use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off of your first purchase. I loved that conversation with Danielle, her energy and her love for the Lord and perseverance through hardship just is amazing. And I can't wait to see all that's coming down the road for her. Um, I want to just echo what she left us with at the end there, that you are seen and beloved by the creator of the universe. And the the weight of that and the power of that is mind-blowing. So anytime you feel unworthy or less than or like you're not enough, remember that the, the, the power of Christ is in you. And when you are not enough, He is more than enough. And He knows you and loves you and died for you. So walk in that confidence and allow yourself to experience His joy. And I just pray that over you this week, that you experience the joy and peace of the Lord in greater abundance than you ever have before. So I hope you are having a good week, but even if it's not a good week, that you are still being sustained by the peace and joy of Jesus. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries. 